Hey, hey, can you feel it? It's the heavy hole. Uh, My name's Tom. Whoa, this is Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck. Tom, are you okay? Yeah, dude. I'm jazzed today. Yeah, you're. I, I, I think you might allegedly be on psychedelics or something. Who is that guy over there in the pit viper shades and the tie-dye shirt? Tell Justin, what up? Yeah, what's happening? What up? Just nodding in the corner over here. Yeah, these guys. Affirmative I, yes to everything. I, I showed up and the lights were dimmed and there were like five cats and there's like incense burning and blacklight posts. What's going on? You, you know what's sick when I have these five cats around? My yeah. throat closes up. Oh, Mad boy. Sick. Yes. Oh, boy. And this is what we're trying to fix right now with hallucinogens. We're right. trying to get, we're trying to reprogram Tom's brain right now. All mm-hmm. right. Slow down on all the pathologically explicit hallucinogenic stuff cuz I'm too old for it. We're going to get in touch with the kids a little bit later. But for now, mm-hmm. I just want to know how was your weekend and just 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 keep the to the legal stuff. Right? All right. Mm-hmm. All right, fine. Uh recently I've been doing some workout with the Pops, you know, we're doing the uh doing some blue collar work are you and your dad mm-hmm. like lifting weights so your dad can kick my ass what is going on i'm getting scared of this this is what's happening this yeah i've been spending game. more time outside and i'm lifting logs and i'm feeling good and when i come inside i'm more psyched about the death metal because i've had a problem which is sitting in front of a computer all day and then listening to death metal uh no nope. you can't do that all the time it kind of loses the fun you gotta go outside you gotta chop down a tree yeah. you come inside you listen to death metal you have a great day. The Paul Cat. Bunyan philosophy that's, of death metal. Right. And, and that's how it's been. So I've been uh, enjoying. I've actually been going back in the episodes and listening to our old recommendations. Mm. And it's mm. fun. I like that. I like that. Sometimes I look for your guys' recommendations. Yeah. When I'm like, you know, looking in distros for records. Justin, Justin, you had a lot of those nice 90s death thrash early gems. You know? I used to be so happy. Oh boy! <laughs> Let's talk. Used to have a great, used to be having a great time listening to '90s death metal that uh, really had to dig for. Mm. Now I can't catch a damn fish because now I'm the one sitting in front of the computer. Wow! Oh, dude, I'm sorry. Doing all the content, doing all the work. I didn't mean trying. to rub it in. It's okay. Listen, all weekends really are happening at the same time, and yeah. we're just choosing. <laughs> what? Which time is like a pane one? of glass? What what is going on? Time is a fat circle. That's what they say, right? <laughs> 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 yeah. So I am I'm having a fat circle, but that's what's going on. Wow, these guys! I told you they were just sitting around doing drugs. I wasn't lying, allegedly. We react differently towards different things. Different well, listen, cats, if you would. I look at, I look in the mirror and I see I sh- I shave my beard. I try to shave my beard off. And then all only the the hairs of bucktails come through right now. And I open my mouth and just, you know, half ounce leads, three quarter ounce leads, ounce and a half ounce leads. This we're not recording oh. this podcast. This is an intervention. <laughs> this man is out of this is like fear and loathing in Long Island right now with Justin. I don't know what's going on. I, I can relate a little bit though. I've been feeling a little down in the dumps. I did something I shouldn't have done. Uh-oh. Oh man. I really, I messed up this time. I went somewhere I can't go. There's no going back. I registered my own Discogs account Ooh. a few days ago. Ooh. Oh, yeah, it's not that bad. No, that no, no. It's like going to Las Vegas and being a compulsive gambler. It's just not good. And I was reading. You know what broke me? I'll admit it. I find I got through that entire uh, rotting ways to misery finished death metal book. Right. 
And there's a, there's like two chapters at the end where they just kind of give little short paragraphs on all the obscure bands that they can't can't do a whole chapter about. And that's where I was like, oh boy. Yeah. Uh, yeah. So I got a. Little, I only ordered one thing on Discog so far. There's a few things that have caught my eye. I'm my yeah. eBay account. I'm like it's even changed the way I look at eBay. Just having a Discog because I'm like looking for the obscure. Thing. Well, so, you gotta so, check for it on Discogs and then go to eBay. Yeah. I don't like that. I know that that's what you do. Dude, don't this, worry about it, man. You've just done it once, man. You can quit anytime. Uh, One, one's not gonna kill you. Uh, I I gotta say, my downfall with Discogs is drinking because I have woken oh. up to many things in the mail mm. from Russia that come <laughs> months and months allegedly, later. Allegedly, I got a digested flesh. I forgot who else the split was with. But I, I don't remember ordering it. I, I did. <sighs> I know I did. I had All to right. type my password as in. But anyway, so be careful. Listen, yeah. people have drunkenly ordered mail-order brides, so you're not really that bad. Yeah. But yeah, still, watch, watch those digestive flesh splits. Well, yeah, they're sick, but, you yeah. know. All right. I drunkenly ordered an eight-ounce bucktail. What Whoa. the fuck are you going to use an eight-ounce bucktail for? <laughs> okay. Well, <laughs> what am I, big wave surfing and fishing at the same time? This is crazy. Listen, I think we need to bring it in. And by bring it in, uh, I mean bring it in further from the coast into the continental United States. Tonight, we're going to go to Kansas. And we're going to talk to none other than Chevy, Ted, and AJ of the band Suprogenous. Woo! Upcoming new gore grind project you might want to peep, because we're already down with it, all right? I'm down to get them on the phone if that's what you're asking. Holler at them. Call up Kansas. Big Will from Heavy Hole Podcast. Uh, here, as always, my loyal co-hosts, Justin and Tom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And tonight we're joined by Chevy, Ted, and AJ, members of Saprogenis, an upcoming gore grind band based out of Kansas. Did I get that right, guys? It's Saprogenis. Saprogenis. I, I apologize. I think Justin <laughs> got that right the first time. Yeah. You're welcome. It's a rough one, boy. I'm, I'm usually good on last names, but band names uh, sometimes I'm bad on. Okay, so Saprogenous, based out of Kansas, right? Yes. Okay. And uh, if I'm not mistaken, um, from what Chevy told me, Ted, the guitarist, you were in a grindcore band or a power violence, whatever you want to call it, a band called Knife Wound uh, prior to this, and that, that might be the root of, of the current band? Yeah. Yeah. Um... I played in uh, Knife Wound since its inception, uh, late 2005 we started, um, had numerous lineup changes, uh, played here, uh, played around the region quite a few years, did uh, a lot of splits, uh, a lot of shows, and then uh, unfortunately uh, our drummer, uh, had some family stuff come up and he really just couldn't jam anymore. But, uh, me and the bassist from, um, knife wound had 
this project Saprogenist that we've been kind of messing with here and there, you know, with a drum machine. And we decided to kind of, well, you know, we already have another band. Let's, let's do this. So, uh, you know, we, we did a few demos with the drum machine, just kind of messing around, uh, not anything super serious, but then we started want to do something serious. And then that's when we hooked up with, uh, AJ and we just, uh, connected like right off the bat and uh, just immediately started writing songs and uh kind of finding our groove okay awesome and uh knife wound i noticed like you said it started around 2005 um so would you guys mind telling me uh like roughly the the age of the band members and uh, <laughs> well this is ted um i'm 39 mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. So, I'm so, 27. This is Chevy. This is AJ. I'm 45. <laughs> okay. The, I'm thir- I just turned 39. No shame in the game, guys. Um, well, but what I'm getting at, I guess, is uh, the 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 roots of this being that that band Knife Wound, which was a little bit more of a power violence type of thing. Now, Saprogenous is definitely gore grind in sound and style. I don't know if you guys would would argue that. Um, yeah. What's maybe take me through then uh, some of the roots? We'll start with you, Ted, since we're already talking about knife wound. Uh, we'll we'll start with the usual question we we do on this podcast: Are you from a musical family, or was there anyone in your background that got you into punk, metal, that sort of thing? Um, I don't really come from a musical family per se. Uh, my parents were pretty young. Uh, you know, when they had me, they had me like in their really early 20s they were still uh you know into like led zeppelin my mom was really into uh fleetwood mac stuff like that so there's always there's always music around uh they would always go to concerts uh when i was growing up um my grandfather had um like a, a mountain dulcimer that was in the uh, in his bedroom on the wall and i'd always take it down as a kid and play with it like it was a guitar so i guess that's kind of the earliest uh kind of memories of music um i'm I'm sorry could you explain exactly what a mountain dulcimer is it's like a weird like stringed instrument i think you play like folk music on it i think you actually play it with a mallet yeah there's two little like mallet type hammer things you use yeah it's like a weird stringed instrument but you know when i was a kid anything was with strings to me it was a guitar <laughs> so um yeah my, my grandparents were really um uh they were really into music and they actually you know my to this day my grandmother still asks about you know knife wound and subrogenous and all that and requests <laughs> that i give her tapes and cds whenever she uh, sees me so she's she's been very um supportive over the years um as for getting into like the heavier stuff, I guess it's just kind of, I don't know. Like I always looked at music like a drug and it's like, you find something, you find punk and thrash and it's like, this is cool. But then it's like, man, that's not enough. I need something heavier than this. <laughs> so it just kind of spawned from just trying to find the heaviest stuff I could find over the years and growing up. So okay, that's kind of where I like. All right. Well, I'm going to give I'm going to give Chevy and AJ also the opportunity to answer that question and this question. But something I want to ask you guys are all more or less 
um, around my age or a little bit older or a little bit younger, you're you're right. You're, you said you were the one who was uh, 39, right, Ted? Yeah. Yeah. So you're my age. Exactly. This is what I'm getting at. Growing up in our generation, we were kind of teenagers and coming of age a little bit before the Internet put everything out there like crazy. Was it difficult to find records or to attend shows where you grew up in Kansas there? <laughs> oh, definitely. Um, yeah. Growing up, like there was a there was at a, least you were in Wichita. Yeah, I was, I was in the major city. <laughs> AJ was out with the Cowboys and the Hillbillies. <laughs> so, but uh, yeah, um, yeah, we had a we had a record store here called Yesterday Disc, and they would kind of have like a wide variety of stuff. So that's where I would buy like a lot of um, CDs and tapes and um, like the heavier stuff. Like I remember buying the first Brujeria album there. Um, you know, uh, Cannibal Corpse. Um, the bleeding on cassette I bought there. Um, but a lot of times, uh, you know, when, when you, when you'd gone through yesterday disc and kind of found, picked through everything, you know, I would resort to, uh, like just looking through my albums and looking at like the thank you lists mm. and like writing down the band names and then trying to seek them out. And I remember through magazines, uh, like metal maniacs magazines, I remember having to send off for, um, uh, demos from like unsigned bands and just waiting around, just hoping that it's going to be something cool, you know. And like now, where you can just go on Bandcamp and listen to anything you want at the click of a button. I mean, you'd wait around for a month for that demo to come in and just prayed that it was going to be something good. <laughs> Were there any local bands in you say so? I, I take it from what you guys implied that Wichita is a little bit more populated than where the, the rest of the band is from. Yeah, uh, yeah. So it's definitely more populated than where I'm from. <laughs> I want to. I want to get into it. Um, but so, so then my question would be: And was there anything in Wichita that you would describe as like a local scene for grind or death metal, or were there were there bands that you were looking up to when you were younger? Not at all. Mm -hmm. <laughs> there was no grind scene. Knife wound, for the most part, was the grind scene in Wichita. Um, we, I mean, other bands would come through because they knew of us because, you know, bands needing to get, you know, through Kansas on tour would always hit me up and, you know, bands like Deterioration, I've, I've brought them here at least 10 times. Um, bands like Nakai, um, Minimum Wage Assassins, those, those types of bands would always come through and we'd always help them out with shows and everything. Um, but as for like a local scene, man, it's, it's 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 pretty dried up with um with uh heavier stuff i mean one of the most noteworthy heavy bands to come out of wichita is uh, manila road mm. but they're more of like you know traditional old school. heavy metal type stuff as for like grindcore death metal gore stuff like it's it's knife nothing knife wound and suprogenous <laughs> and that's it <laughs> interesting i i, I want to talk about it and ted i'm gonna segue now to aj and chevy we will get to you not to neglect you but uh aj you're a little bit older than the rest of the band if i got that correct right yeah so if i so you kind of probably grew up and came of age in like the heyday of thrash and death metal when it was all brand new were you paying attention to it back then or did it take a while longer to get into it i uh i had a cousin who was about 10 years older than me 
And he introduced me to stuff like Iron Maiden and Megadeth and stuff like that when I was probably 11 years old. So that would have been 86, probably. And then, you know, I just took the natural progression from there. started listening to Metallica and all those other bands. A lot of Exodus, Testament. Uh, it wasn't actually until I met the guys that I played with in my last band that I really got into the underground stuff. That I really got into, like, serious death metal and any kind of grind. But uh, Decimation was mostly a thrash and death metal band. You know, we wanted to be like if uh, Deicide and Testament had a baby. Mm. Interesting. So, Did you guys record anything and leave any recorded output? Uh, a little bit. We did two EPs and a full length. But I think the only thing you can find on YouTube anymore is a uh, live recording we did for KC Anthem. Okay, um, and and going back further, same question. Are you from a musical family? Was there anybody? Well, you already answered that question with your cousin who got you into heavy metal, but w what about your upbringing? Are you from a musical family, and where does drums come in? Uh, yeah, my, I mean, really, my entire family's musical. My mom and dad always sang. My sister sang. Uh, I think she played flute in school. My... <laughs> To be completely honest, my wanting to play drums came from watching the Muppet Show at like three and four years old. <laughs> I'd cut up blocks and mom and pots and pans and wait for Animal to come on, you know. Yeah, and then yeah. when I was five, I managed to uh, convince my mom that she ought to take me to drum lessons, and I played all through school. So, but yeah, I mean, both sides of my family, just, just about everybody sings. Most of them play an instrument of some sort. And uh, would you now? Ted told us about um, uh, his his side of the family, and you tell us about uh, a lot of your family is musical. Would this all be like regional music, folk music that's more native to that part of the country that your your relatives were involved in? Would, would you guys both say that? Uh, well, my dad, sang, <laughs> my my parents are religious, and that's cool whatever gets you through the day but my dad mostly sang in gospel quartets okay and and ted what about you like regional folk music that sort of thing um my grandparents were really into um the country music scene at the time uh this would have been like you know late 70s early 80s uh my aunt uh her, her husband owned um like a honky tonk it was called uh, the Rodeo Club. It was kind of, this is like the height of, like I remember the Rodeo Urban Cowboy. <laughs> um, this was actually in Oklahoma, oh, no, and no. Uh, they had like the the, the um, mechanical bull. They had uh, bands come in there and play all the time. Uh, my grandfather was a bouncer there. Uh, they told me all kinds of stories about um, different uh, singers that came in there and would, you know, want to play a few songs. Uh, uh, but as for like them actually doing music, not really. Nobody really played any music. I mean, but they've always been really big into um, uh, listening to music. Big fans of music. Okay. All right. I'm just trying to get a taste for the for the region. And Chevy, we've kind of neglected you up to this point. 
same, that's all good. Same, uh, yeah, same. When we have a few band members, we try to get everybody's side of the story. So, same question for you. Just from the beginning, uh, musical family, anyone in your upbringing that that was friendly towards metal or punk or anything like that? Um, I have to say, like mainly my mom because she met my dad at like a local kind of heavy metal club before I was born. He was bouncing there. And she used to go to a lot of shows. I think she saw like Def Leppard and plenty of other people. She'll tell me about it. I don't know if she still has any like shirts or tickets or anything, but uh, it was here called the Silver Bullet. It was before my time, but she's told me stories and stuff about it. And, you know, when I got a little older, like we went to go see like corn and like a lot of new metal and like uh, Mudvayne, Static X, that type of thing. And then, Basically, when I got into middle school, I kind of just started like diving deeper and I found, I don't know, like Suicide Silence and like Black Dahlia Murder and stuff like that. And then I think my first metal show was Black Dahlia Murder, Soylent Green and Misery Index in like 2007 or 8 because like Nocturnal had just come out and I think they were touring on it. And uh, pretty much from then on, I was hooked. My aunt she took me to the show and I think like she wanted to leave early or something, but it was around my birthday and I was like, no, nah, I'm into this. Like <laughs> I don't want to leave. And, um, I pretty much just kind of went from there and just kind of checked it out with that. And, uh, then, you know, years ago, like when I would see knife wound and eventually like Ted and I started talking and becoming friends more and stuff like that. And he would send me suggestions and things like that. And I just kind of, started diving deep into like some of the newer stuff and then some of the older stuff and just like all over the uh, map, I guess, of like different genres and different type of heavy music. Okay. And that's interesting because something that occurred to me before is, you know, Ted said that there really wasn't much to look up to in terms of a local scene when he was coming of age. You're um, kind of like a generation younger there than Ted. And when you're coming up, Knife Wound is just getting their start, right? Yes. So uh, I didn't really see him super early on um, in like that time, but I remember seeing them play, I don't know, with Weekend Nachos one time and maybe Dead in the Dirt. Were you guys on that show? I don't know. It was at Eagles Lodge. I, I, I know they played with Weekend Nachos, Dead in the Dirt, like a vegan straight edge grindcore band or something, I think, played that show or they played around that time. I remember going to that and that was. I don't know, probably 2010 or 11, maybe. And I would see them a little bit throughout there. And then, like, they would always uh, play shows. If they had a band, they were like, hey, you know, you think we could find a date for, you know, so-and-so wanting to come through, like Invertebrate and, like, Deterioration one time, um, which was the first Subrogenous show before I joined the band. And... Like short temper and some other stuff. Yeah, it was all Chevy, over the place. Chevy would like whenever grind bands would hit up Knifewind for shows. A lot of times we would hit up Chevy to kind of uh, set it up and everything. So uh, that was always really cool, you know, because Chevy was always down to you know throw a show. Uh, you know, he booked um, Frozen Soul's first tour date at a donut shop, <laughs> and, and Knifewind that was one of Knifewind's last shows. So. 
uh, yeah, Chevy's always been around. That was their first out-of-town show, too, like uh, late June of 2019. And we're actually getting ready to go see them in Texas in uh, like a week. Okay, so that, this is interesting to me because you guys, ha- although, although Suprogenist is a fairly new band, you guys have been around all in your own regard. Um, Chevy, you, it sounds like, book, booking shows in, in that regard of, of the scene more than as an artist up till now, right? Yeah, for the most part. Like, I've done vocals for a couple of bands in the past, um, like a hardcore power violence band, kind of, and then like a death metal ish hardcore band like and that was really it tell me about booking frozen soul at a donut shop because i i love stories about venues that aren't your conventional you know bar or, or nightclub oh yeah there's tons of them always um well so ted hit me up because i think they had a date drop in like oklahoma or something and there was like three or four days of leeway before they were supposed to be here and I didn't know what to do, and I kind of just contacted them because I knew they were always be like, yeah, you know, if nobody's up playing, like, you guys can just show up. Here's a tip bucket. Like, they can set up merch. All the performers get, um, like, a free donut and a free drink or something. And so did that, and I was like, well, I need a local. Ted was like, obviously, knife wounds down. Um, I don't know if anybody else ended up playing. The cups oh, the cups, there. which uh, – a member of the Cups, Scotty, he was doing vocals in Knife Wound before they split up, but this is his, like, punk band, and they're really cool. Um, so they played, and Frozen Soul just kind of showed up. I mean, we didn't know what to expect. I was like, I know not very many people are going to show up or anything, but the people that did, you know, bought merch or hung out and enjoyed it, and it was really cool for them being, like, their first show out of town. I think they left with you know, some pretty good merch money, and it was a good time. We all got to hang out, and we went to, a, like, a little local bar after the show and just kind of hung out and talked and just caught up and got to know each other. It was a great time. Cool, man. Yeah, I mean, playing a show for a drink and a donut, I would definitely do that, man. Um, <laughs> sounds, sounds cool. And like I said, anytime you get to play outside of your conventional bar or nightclub, it's always a fun, you know, something you're going to remember. Um, well, that's oh, that's kind of out of necessity, to be honest, because, mm-hmm. you know, a lot of clubs around here, at least, you know, they're not really into booking like heavier bands. Like, they'll book metal bands, but they're not like, you metal know, bands. it's like kind of like cookie cutter type stuff, um, you know, nothing like super brutal or anything. So a lot of times, uh, you know, venues won't be available. So we have to kind of, you know use other resources like the donut shop yeah. or uh you know warehouse you know very diy yeah it's great man and and well this is another thing i wanted to ask you people uh would generalize the region you guys are from as being very conservative um so, uh-huh. so i wanted to ask you first of all is that a fair assessment and has that ever made you guys maybe the target of some sort of criticism from not just the clubs that that don't want those type of shows, but local local people, uh, other aspects of the local music scene, even you know I don't know politicians or police or something like that. Um, not so much. I mean, yeah, I mean it. I mean Kansas is pretty conservative, but Wichita is a little bit more liberal, I would say. Mm-hmm. 
you know, the, the music scene is very, very, um, it's, it's very diverse and, and pretty, and pretty liberal. Um, yeah, even though super brutal stuff doesn't get a lot of love, there's never been any like, well, you guys are like devil worshipers or you guys are, uh, trouble or anything like i've never experienced yeah. that if anything it's you guys suck and we don't want you guys to play it's about okay. the extent that it's usually not any kind of a moral uh issue right. that i've ever faced yeah um, even when i was living in manhattan which is much more conservative than wichita you know we actually had a pretty good metal scene there for a while and uh you know but i don't remember anybody ever boycotting shows even when like Christ hate played and were kicking baby Jesus around <laughs> and uh, they, they stole somebody's yeah. Christmas ornament and were kicking it around the show yeah shout out to Christ hate from uh, Topeka okay well you say, did, did you say Manhattan Manhattan Kansas it's yeah, uh, where yeah. Kansas State is oh okay <laughs> well yeah because we're a New York based podcast we don't want to confuse anybody <laughs> yeah we just had yeah, this no. it's the little apple yeah. <laughs> yeah, our eyes just darted around like Bill de Blasio. Yeah. <laughs> trying to keep everything shut down for eternity. Yeah, but and, and again, you know, we're not a political podcast with a lot of stuff. I just ask because I talk a lot about like the satanic panic era and, you know, people oh, yeah. uh, yeah. uh being scared of heavy metal and that sort of thing. So it's just interesting to me to he- see how it gets a, a reaction in different places and whether or not we um uh have have a generalized perception of that, man. So before in the conversation, it sounded like Chevy and AJ, you guys are from more rural areas than Ted. Is that fair to say? I am. Uh, I did most of my growing up in the country, to be honest. My uh, my dad worked in agriculture. My mom worked at the school system. I'll be, uh, like, to be completely honest, the county where I grew up, there are seriously more pigs than people. <laughs> Wow. Well, it, not so crazy when, when you think about agriculture and farming being a big deal. Um, yeah, but that, it's that's where my dad grew up. You know, he grew up going to a one-room schoolhouse, living on a farm in the middle of nowhere, you know. Yeah. And my mother was actually straight up Lancaster County, Pennsylvania Mennonite. Really? <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we lived on farms most of my life, grew most grew most of our own food, raised animals, the whole thing, man. But I was running around listening to Iron Maiden the whole time. (laughs) (laughs) I love it, man. Uh, Well, definitely a different experience than some people can relate to growing up and getting to heavy metal. So I wanted to ask like a similar question that I said before. For you, in that environment, I mean, what what was it like? Were you able to get to record stores at all? Was that like a big journey? Were you able to go see live bands as a teenager you know what what was that like as a teenager no uh like like i said my parents are pretty religious and they've loosened up a lot these days but they were pretty protective of me when i was younger and there really wasn't anything to go see in my area except for some old country bar band or something like that the 4-h club yeah the 4-h club there you go yeah yeah um, it wasn't until I joined the army and went to Germany that I started to see metal shows at all. And I mean, even some of the underground stuff, I think 
the first show I went to when I was over there was uh, Rancid was playing in Munich during Oktoberfest, and we had it was my first week in country, and me and this old school punk kid from California jumped on a train, went to Munich, had no idea what we were doing. Uh, got there, found out from some gutter punk kids that lived in the train station that Rancid was playing. I had no idea. I think it was, it would have been 95, I think, that this was happening. And uh, so we went to the show, and that was really my first taste of any sort of underground music. Wow, that that's a that's a first, yeah. Like a first, I don't know if it was your first concert, but that's a first underground kind of music concert experience right there. So, uh, also, you're in Munich during Oktoberfest. Yeah. Did you go to the fairgrounds? Yeah. Did you hit hit the? Tents? Yeah, we did the whole thing. Uh, was that yeah, yeah, like I mean, it, was that the most insane shit you had ever seen? It was pretty crazy. Yeah. The most insane? No, but pretty crazy. <laughs> Fair enough. Well, I got to ask well, now, what's the most insane? Yeah. <laughs> well, I went to uh, Rock M Ring in Nuremberg one year, and it was Metallica still touring on the Black Album. It was right before Load came out, but they were still playing all the old shit, and uh, it was this huge outdoor festival. And there were at least five giant mosh pits and people as far as you could see. <laughs> and I remember they played a faster, heavier version of Fuel for the Fire. And I'm like, maybe this new album won't be so bad. <laughs> and then it came out. <laughs> wow. <laughs> but... So that was one of the more insane ones, uh, but I've done plenty of stupid shit throughout my life. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Sounds like you got around though, and you saw some cool shows at least, man. That's cool, man. Oh yeah, and and more so since I've gotten older. Yeah, I've gone to see some pretty cool stuff. Played some pretty cool shows. Well, I tell me a little bit about that. You said Decimation was the kind of death thrash band that you were in prior to Suprogenous, right? Yeah. What, any 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 other bands, anything else that recorded or that we might be familiar with in some way? Uh, there was a black metal band before that that uh, the Decimation guitarist and I were in called Balsaroff. That didn't last very long, and I was only playing bass in that one. Um, Decimation ended up being basically... A couple of guys from that band and a couple of guys from a death metal band called the Bearded Assholes. <laughs> wow, we had Bearded Fetus on Long Island back in the 90s. That's funny. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, it ended up being uh, me and Bill the guitarist from Balsaroff and then the vocalist and bass player from the Bearded Assholes. And then we unfortunately had kind of a revolving door for lead guitar players. Hmm. But uh, like I said, the Manhattan scene was pretty cool back in the day. I think Havoc, when they were first starting to tour, came through four or five times. We played with them. Skeleton Witch came through once. Uh, who else? Jucifer, Oblige, bunch of Texas bands, uh, War Beast. Yeah. Uh, Impaler, we played with once. 
Um, we played with Vital Remains up in Kansas City. We played with uh, Goat Whore and Hate Eternal up in Kansas City. Okay, so you guys so, got out there. Yeah. Yeah, we did a little bit. We were, you know, we were regional. That was pretty much it. But we were pretty well known within the region. That, that's interesting. What's interesting to me about the band now is getting to know you guys. There's this kind of like three generational thing where, uh, you know, you're talking about that scene playing with Decimation, but but then Ted, you're with Knife Wound. You seem like you guys are part of this younger, more current generation of power violence that's kind of like been on the rise the last several years. Would you would you say that's fair? Yeah. Um, yeah, we were. De- yeah, we were definitely in that scene. Um, uh, yeah, the newer, like a lot of the Midwest, like grind scene, you know, uh, we played with a lot of the bands that were from Michigan, Minneapolis, Ohio. Um, like I said, like a lot of those guys, I, I know a, a lot of that scene and they would always hit me up, you know, Hey, we're, we got a show in Dallas. Uh, we need something in Kansas so we don't have to drive all day and night for, you know, from point whatever to point wherever. So people would always hit me up for shows and I, I made a lot of contacts and friends. And, uh, so yeah, my involvement with knife wound really, uh, really led to a lot of, uh, a lot of the friends I have now. Well, yeah. And, and, you know, you talked before about Chevy booking the shows, uh, some of the shows it, it's, What's interesting to me is, I, you know, knowing from I've, I've toured a little bit with my bands around the United States, and I know that there are those areas where if sometimes the bigger tours miss, the bigger the bigger tours don't go to. But like you're saying, the, the more underground bands can't afford to do two or three days on the road without a show to try to earn yeah. some more income. So we so a lot of the times, like, would you say that there might even be a chance that there's a stronger underground scene where you're from? Than the more commercial metal market be- because of that. Oh, definitely. Yeah, definitely. Um, Most big bands go straight from Denver to Kansas City. Yeah, and and up there, like north, you know, uh, northeast Kansas. I mean, they have a good scene up there. I mean, um, Unmerciful, uh, Origin, Torn the Fuck Apart, um, that Garroded. My boys in Garroded just moved to. Uh, Kansas City. I mean, they have a really strong underground scene up there. And um, so usually they will get up there, you know, bands like Deicide or Napalm Death or whoever will will, will tour, you know, and hit Kansas City. But down here in Wichita, not so much. So a lot of the DIY underground type stuff, you know. What was the last big metal show that came through Wichita? Was it the Amon Amar show? Yeah, stuff like that. We'll get stuff like a Monomarth or and Goat Whore. Yeah, stuff yeah. like that every once in a while. Just depending on who you know has the guts to book it. Just because uh, a lot of people don't really follow it around here. So at least at least on that big on that bigger scale. So Chevy, tell us about how you get into booking shows. Then in that light, that there's. Uh, you know, I, I and I assume that you you guys are from a close enough area where I could talk about your areas being the, the same in that regard. That Chevy, there's not a lot of bigger bands coming through, and you start booking the smaller shows, right? Oh yes, um, in like 2012 or 2013, because uh, Ted and I are from the same area here in Kansas, and uh, 
I don't know. I just always kind of was interested in it. And I, you know, I was like, okay, listening to it's like this. And, you know, I like this music, but not a lot of it is coming around here. So how can I help out? So I would just kind of like network through people. And uh, this lady was opening up a venue called like below the mainstream or something. It's not around anymore, sadly, but I would help her like, kind of book shows or find talent and stuff to play and then like book some local bands or whatever and do things like that and i just always kind of did it in my spare time i never really made like a bunch of money from it or anything and i was just trying to like help bands come through and just have something else to do and something to see that's not just you know either at the big arenas or you know just a bar show and things like that especially i mean i started doing a lot of that before i was even 21 and then i just like progressively started kind of picking it up more and just doing that in my spare time and making a bunch of new friends from you know across the united states and um we booked a, an old band i was in called mammoth we were like a power violence e type of band uh we booked like a diy eight day tour the summer of 2015 and we just mainly went through like texas and oklahoma and just kind of did that and made some friends and stuff and then one of the bands that i had booked that came here from wisconsin rig time they're like a sludgy kind of i wouldn't say i mean their older stuff's kind of hardcore but now it's just kind of like sludgy i'm not sure how to explain it it's really cool though rig time from wisconsin um it's just they're a two-piece they used to be a three-piece and I made contact with them, I think, in like 2014 or 15. They played here in a basement. Uh, this guy used to let us like book bands in his basement. He played in a band called The Serpent Overlord. And then a couple years after that, uh, I was with a different band and we were supposed to go on tour, but because of finances and stuff, like we couldn't do the tour with Rig Time and like we had to drop it last minute. And so I was like, well, I was like, I'm still going to go because I missed doing this. And it was longer than the one that um, we had done in the past. And so I went out with them and just got the experience of, you know, what it's like to like go to Florida and Ohio and all these different areas and Atlanta and stuff like that. Um, I kind of helped them book some shows and just kind of like on that tour and then like generate some, you know, like new fans being like, hey, you know, see you're in the area what are you doing on this date? Like we're going to be in town and I just ran merch for them and helped out. And that's pretty much what kind of just progressively made me more and more interested. And I'm like, man, I need to get back into doing this again. And just, I do it when I can. I don't do it so much now, but I mean, when Ted gets an offer, or like if we're able to do something now that like everything's kind of opening back up again, we're doing that. Like uh, we have Moiskis and gross load coming uh, the end of October to a little bar here and they're like brutal death gore grind bands from Wisconsin and Ohio so that'll be cool and it'll actually be cool to have like some other similar bands to play with finally awesome man yeah it's great that um you guys are able to to, to get open again with, with shows like a lot of places are and uh it's it's interesting to me because it's like AJ. It sounds like you know he related the experience of of joining the military and going to Germany and seeing Rancid and you know you talk about getting out and going to see Florida and go, getting out to different places. 
I mean, is it fair for me to say that it sounds like you guys, through your different experiences, have gotten to see a little bit of the underground scene outside of Kansas, and maybe you're trying to proliferate that where you're from now? Yes. Yeah, yeah, 100%. What's, would you say that, like, I noticed generally speaking, like worldwide even, I would say, it seems like there's a big new generation of younger people in their teens and 20s getting into death metal and grindcore. Do you guys see that in your area in Kansas? Yeah, um... Yeah, somewhat. I mean, there's we get some like younger people who come out to shows and everything. Um, you know, there's also you know the people who, when they were younger, they would come to shows, but then they got older and kind of lost interest, and you know now they're into like, you know, fixing up their Honda, you know, <laughs> and doing that, that kind of stuff. That sounds very specific. Who are you uh, talking just, about? <laughs> yeah, like just like kids that used to come to shows when they were younger and they had bands and then. They just kind of grow out of it, but uh, there's there's still some people out there that are, you know, in it for the long haul. You know, definitely not going to grow out of it. You know, I, I turned forty this year, and everybody who thought, oh, this heavy music thing is a phase, I'm like, yeah, I don't think it is. No, it's not. <laughs> yeah. And you know, the weird thing, most people listen to heavier stuff when they're young, and then. You know, they're listening to Yanni by the time they're 35. Yeah. <laughs> Me, my musical taste has gotten nothing but heavier over the years. Yeah. But, yeah, uh, as for your question, yeah, there's there's, uh, there's still some hope around here. You know, whenever I hear about new bands starting up that want to play, you know, heavier stuff, I get really excited. And I always reach out and tell them, you know, if you ever want to play some shows with us, just don't hesitate, you know, holler at us and we'll do it just because I want, you know, that underground scene here. You know, we, we try the best we can mostly with just touring bands, like we said before, but, you know, there's really not a whole lot of uh, local bands, uh, you know, when it comes to the more brutal stuff. Yeah, man, I, we, you know, here on Long Island, it's, uh, there's some parallels there because we're kind of in the shadow of New York City, but... Uh, there's a lot of areas of Long Island that are far enough away where they could be their own territory. So we try to keep our scene going out here a little bit too. It's it's tough, man, um, when you're not in like a bigger market, you know. Yeah, and and we've we've never had issues with, you know, going to play, you know, elsewhere. You know, going to uh, Texas or going to Kansas City where you know the scene's a lot stronger and a lot bigger. No, I don't know how many times we drove from Manhattan to Kansas City to go play shows. Yeah. Yeah, well, so now... Put up on your gear. Drive three hours to make 50 bucks. <laughs> That's good. 50 bucks, man? <laughs> I remember throwing house shows back in the day, and if we were able to pay for the keg and still all get a Whopper value meal, we thought we were the shit. Well, <laughs> I, I'm still trying to book uh, Afterbirth to come down and get some free donuts, so... I would love to man hey, my, my new th- I want to explore some of those uh, some of those more far away markets because um, sometimes you have the more the most fun shows there too I, I've found over the years um, sh- you know shout to Mississippi man we've had I've had some great shows uh, in Mississippi and some far off plays I'd love to come to Kansas and uh, other yeah. places man um, anytime man absolutely yeah. and, and now that we've kind of gotten to know you guys a little bit behind the band 
Uh, we should talk about Suprogenist a little bit in this interview because we talked a lot about the background. I know, you, like you said, uh, Ted, you caught us up to speed that with Knife Wound um, kind of losing steam with the drummer situation, you guys uh, went full speed ahead on Suprogenist. We know that on Bandcamp, people can look up Suprogenist on Bandcamp, and there's, I believe, three releases um, prior to the current lineup, right? Yeah, that was uh, myself and walker the bass player uh he was also the bass player in um knife wound and he was also the original vocalist of knife wound Mm -hmm. so we kind of you know we were doing that as just kind of you know as you know we're we're into grindcore and stuff but i kind of started to get bored with it and you know my roots are in death metal and the gore stuff so i we kind of did it as a way to kind of you know, make some dirty ass gore grind, and you know, we we thought it sounded pretty cool. Um, you know, we kind of were like, hey, we should maybe take this seriously. So, you know, we did those three demos. I mean, we put a lot of goofy samples on it, a lot of just uh, we tried to make the drum the drum tracks uh, not to be able to be played by like an actual human. We just wanted to be so extreme that. <laughs> Nobody could play it, which ended up biting us in the ass because when we were looking for like an actual drummer, <laughs> the people we asked were like, man, there's no way I could play that shit. <laughs> but, uh, you know, luckily we, we linked up with AJ. You know, I, I we have a mutual friend. And uh, and we had met at a Knife Wound show at some point because yeah. we were already like friends on Facebook or something. Yeah. he had. Uh, I had reached out to him and told him, you know, I want to do this, you know, this super gore grind, this death, brutal death, metal influence gore grind band, you know. Yeah, and my friend Felicia said, "Well, you should talk to AJ." Yeah, and uh, he he had sent me a video of him like tracking drums for um, Decimation, and then I just replied, "You're hired," because <laughs> <laughs> it's like Slim Pickens for uh, a drummer who can play, you know, blast beats and double bass and yeah. all that. Yeah, in a lot of places it is, man. I've been there myself, and um, and that that's awesome because this is what I'm getting at, man. You got the three demos, uh, the three recordings on Bandcamp, um, and I, you know, I Chevy reached out to me, said the new album is about to come out. I should mention the new album is Festering in Putrid Spoilage, right? Yes. Yeah, and I, and I checked out the social media you guys got. I saw you, you, you know, it's it's you're kind of like. In terms of recorded output, you're between the the two eras of the band now, where you're about to debut for people uh, the recorded output of a full lineup, an assigned vocalist, a a live drummer, right? Yeah. Yeah, so it's a different, it's kind of like a a transitional era for the band. Uh, You you were kind enough to send an advance to us to check out, and I got to say, it's really a step up. It's It's more of a proper gore grind band sound now, as opposed to like the more... Uh, studio project sound you guys had before yeah yeah thank you very much um i mean we worked really hard on it um i mean we definitely uh brought our influences out and um definitely this is a proper band now not just some uh you know recording project thing like it kind of was before like we're we're a full band We're, we're ready to play shows we're ready to uh, keep recording and just kind of keep it going. 
Let me ask this. AJ, coming into the band from your background, um, was, did, like, did you have a good, like, understanding of grindcore and this type of, like, you know, down-tuned, brutal, the crazy vocals? Like, did it seem a little weird to you at first coming from your more traditional thrash death background? No. Uh, now, I'll admit that I haven't listened to a lot of the newer school grindcore that's out there. Uh, most of what I listened to would be like Napalm Death or Soylent Green. Okay. Stuff like that back in the day. That was grindcore to me, and this is all kind of new, which is why early on when we started writing, I was taking a lot of direction from Ted. Now I just kind of play whatever the hell I feel like. (laughs) (laughs) Awesome, man. Yeah, and we're, you know, I'm excited to see the band develop. Um,. Which is why I wanted to talk to you, and it's really great to get a little background to the band members, uh, and to find out that there's there's a lot of history that led up to this, especially in your local scene and that sort of thing, man. So it's cool to get that that depth to it. Now, tell me a little bit about festering and putrid spoilage. Uh, when is that coming out? Um, that's supposed to come out sometime in mid August. Um, it's come it's coming out on CD on. Uh, Shattered Dreams Productions. That's um, Jim and Joe Common from the Minneapolis Grind Band Deterioration. That's their label. Okay. Um, it's also going to be coming out on cassette on Absolute Power Records. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's, that's a label ran by uh, my buddy uh, Ian uh, Hutton, who's in a band called Tartarus Horde. I just saw them on Long Island over the weekend and spoke to him. Oh, no way. Yeah, and, and I bought a, I yeah. bought the Tartarus Horde. Yeah, Tartarus Horde, really interesting band, man. I, I was thinking to myself, it sounds like if you took kind of like Dissection and Death and sped it up to War Metal and produced it like Corpse Black Metal. It's like interesting thing going on. Yeah. Huh. Also, also, fact about Ian, the drummer from that band and yeah. Absolute Power Records, born in Wichita. Interesting. He's a fucking character, bro. I love yeah, the guy. His, 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 his grandparents actually live around the corner from me. Interesting. So he usually comes about once a year, and we catch up and hang out. And so, yeah, he, Tartarus Horde, an interesting band, and he uh, that label too. Um, it putting out some cool stuff, man. It's that's funny. I didn't I didn't know that he was going to factor into this conversation. Just having met him myself in the last few weeks, interesting that he's got that Wichita connection too. Yeah, yeah. He also put out the um, Knife Wound Agathocles uh, split mm-hmm. uh, a few years ago, and um, you know I've I've known Ian for years. He's a good friend, and he's always uh, supported all the stuff I've done. Yeah, he, um, he, he was a yeah nice guy. Hilarious between songs when they were on yeah, the stage yeah. too, man. He, I'm, yeah. just, I'm just saying the guy's got a sense of humor. That's all. Um, oh yeah. And uh, uh, you did mention that. I'm glad you brought that up, I, so I didn't forget. You guys did a with knife wound. You did a split with a Gothicles, which is like that's that's uh, you know you can flex on that. That's that's like a, a certain- <laughs> well. I mean, they've done like 400 splits, so I don't know how much of it. Well, it's, it's still a little bit of like a, a hallmark for a grind or power violence type of band to be able to say that. You know what I mean? It's something. Yeah, I mean, that was, like, one of my goals with Knife Wound was to someday do uh, a split with them just because I, I love I love that band so much, and they were definitely a big influence on Knife Wound. So that was kind of uh, 
yeah, that was that was definitely a, a goal, I would say. Awesome, man. Yeah, I like Agathocles, man. I, I like a, some of their older stuff from the 90s when they were in that kind of gore grind, death metal sounding phase. Oh, yeah. Razor Sharp Daggers is a great Oh, Razor Sharp Daggers rules. Yeah. Yeah, I got to try to reach out and get, get him on the show uh, at some point, man, Janag. Uh, but but we, we got uh, Saprogenus on now. Um, guys, I really appreciate you giving us so much background to the band and talking about what's going on. Um, I kind of, if you know the show, you know I always ask you to recommend stuff at the end, but I kind of wanted to build on that a little bit. Since you guys seem like a, a very gore horror movie themed type of gore grind band, I was hoping we could go around and maybe each of you guys could give me like um, a, a recommend a gore grind album and a horror movie before we oh. get into the typical recommendations that we do. All right. Uh, well, I would recommend the album, uh, the um, the album, uh, Pathognomic Purulency. If that's what it's, I can't remember what's called. Uh, the Postulated EP. Okay. Okay. Um, and then as for a movie, uh, man, there's so many. Uh, Maybe maybe one that has uh, you know in, in some way been been special for the band or in, influential to the band. I'd probably say uh, I'll go with uh, Slime City. Hmm. I, I will admit I'm not familiar with that. Oh, it's 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 great. Uh, yeah, there's a lot of uh, a lot of melting. Uh, actually, you know what? Body melt. I'll go with Body Melt, the Australian Body movie Body Melt. Don't know that one either. Yeah. Okay. Now, now we got to do our homework. I got to talk to Adam about this, man. <laughs> yeah. Wow. All right, man. Um, okay. Ne- next up, uh, Gore Grind album and a horror movie. Um, I'm going to go with In Advanced Hemorrhaging Conditions by Last Days of Humanity. Ooh. And horror movie would probably be Street Trash. Ted showed me that movie a couple months ago, Classic. and we also have a song about it. Uh, called Melted to Death. That'll be on Festering and Putrid Spoilage. Oh, and awesome. that was uh, quite a crazy movie to watch, just like yeah. because of the colors and the gore and just like hearing the background on it because we watched the like uh, Joe Bob Briggs one, the version of it where he gives you a lot of like details and that was pretty cool. Love Joe Bob. Yeah, he's yeah. so funny. Yeah, great guy. Could try again on the show. A lot of yeah, yeah be awesome. <laughs> a lot of melting going on already, man. All right, so, uh, AJ, I believe we we we're, we got you now. Uh, you know, I'm not up on new school grindcore, or you know, I, I admit that I don't listen to a lot of what I play. That, <laughs> that, that makes that makes you cool. If you want to drop an old school album on us, uh, Harmony Corruption. Boom, there Bunker. you go. You win. <laughs> that's that's my favorite. Awesome, man. And as for horror movies, uh, there's an old Rupert Everett flick called Cemetery Man. No, you didn't. Oh, my God. That's an awesome movie. It's my movie, favorite bro. horror movie, dude, and mostly just because it's so fucking twisted. It is. It is. And the only reason I reacted like that, I was going to take a turn since it's since I'm the self-indulgent host of the show, and that's what I was going to say, you bastard. Oh, my God. <laughs> Delamore de la Morte, I think they called it. Uh, yeah, 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 but yeah. yeah, Cemetery Man's how I. Wow, man! I was just showing a friend of mine some YouTube clips of when Nagi uh, digs up the the girl, you know, or whatever. I don't want to spo- <laughs> no spoilers, but yeah, wow, man! And you guys, you guys are nuts for that, man. That's crazy, AJ. All right, 
That is an amazing move. One of my favorites, too. Definitely, man. Cemetery, man. That's great. Don't kill the dead. The dead are mine. <laughs> kill the living. Dude, oh, that's such a good movie, man. You know what scene? I actually, it's not a gory scene, but there's a scene in that where he's like in a rush driving his car and the old lady stops him to talk and he just rolls his head like he's dying because he's trying to. I, <laughs> yeah. I think of that every time somebody's talking to me in like my day job or whatever and I'm just trying to get out of there. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Okay. You just got me open with that cemetery, man. I was not prepared for that. Um, but what I hope you guys are prepared for is we're gonna we're gonna go to the lightning round now because as we do at the end of every uh, interview, gore grind or not, we ask you guys to recommend one old and one new album by any artist you like, and we are gonna ask each of you guys to do that. Wow. <laughs> I'm down. <laughs> no pressure. Okay. Uh, as for new albums, um. I'm going to go with um, a band called Miasmatic Necrosis, and the oh. album is called Apex Profane. Uh, it's just it's just the sickest slab of gore I've heard in so long. I, I've been listening to it nonstop. Um, as for an older album, hmm. As for an older album, I'm going to go with uh, uh, How old are we talking? At least 10 years old? It, it's up to you, man. It's, 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 it's how about, how about uh, Stab Wound Intercourse from uh, Gorgasm? We'll, we'll accept it. Yep. Okay. <laughs> I don't know when it came out, but it's good. Yeah. Uh, Mesmatic Necrosis, though. Yeah, that's interesting that you brought that up. Full disclosure, um... That's uh, uh, friend, some friends of mine from here in New York. That's we've had. Oh no! Shit. Yeah, we've had Paulo on the show before. We've had and Dan actually. Uh, Dan Olivencia, the bass player, was in BioLich with me, a, year, a band I was in many years ago. Yeah, and um, I'm very excited to see them. Kind of, they've been they've been plotting my asthmatic necro- or me asthmatic necrosis. You guys know I'm bad with the pronunciations. Yeah, um, <laughs> I am too. It's but, hard to keep up. But uh, they've been plotting that behind the scenes for a long time, and that's really their passion. So it's it was really cool to hear you bring that up independently on it's the show. It's so good. Like I can't like seriously like at least at least once a week I'm listening to it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, it's it's an excellent album, and just personally, I kind of know how much work and how much passion went into it, man. So I, I can't really have an objective opinion. But yeah, it's good album. Yeah. It's, um, and and. Uh, uh, we'll get them on the show eventually, but until then, let's let's keep going with the old and the new albums. Uh, I can't think of any old ones right here on the spot. I'm gonna give you three newer ones. Oh wow, uh, three newer ones. <laughs> 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 yeah, I'm make up go for it, man. Let's go. Uh, Grieving Birth by Internal Rot. Okay, okay. Um, I actually just picked that up on tape recently. I saw it in our new like uh, record store here that caters more to like underground heavy music and like. Uh, new wave British heavy metal and a bunch of different stuff called The Gate. It's pretty cool. I was listening to it for a while before uh, I found the tape, but I really enjoy that band. That's one of Max's um, band from Australia. The guy Max. Oh, wow. I didn't know that. Is it? Right? Yeah, it's Max. Oh, yeah. yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Faceless Blank. Burial. Yeah, also Faceless Burial. Blanking on his last name, but uh, yeah. I, just, I think they're on Head Split Records, and I really like that label. Yeah, um, I knew album. And then Monarchy of Mold by Maul. They're uh, like a Fargo, North Dakota death metal band. It's really, really good. Um, 
I think that came out in 2020. It's a pretty good listen if you want to go check that out. And then uh, probably Legions of a Different Kind by Undeath that I believe also came out in 2020. Yeah, another band we got to reach out to, man. Good, good band on death from upstate New York. Yeah, they're playing with Black Dahlia Murder about three hours from us uh, in September. I'm hoping to go to that show. Yeah, an- another link with Undeath is that I uh, actually sold a guitar to um, Tommy, the uh, bass player. So, okay, man. So, so we got uh, uh, Ian fr- uh, from Tartarus Horde from Wichita. We got a guitar from Kansas in Undeath. Yeah. I like it. <laughs> actually, the guitar that was used to record those old uh, Soprogenous albums. <laughs> oh, okay. well, that, see, that's a cool link there, man. That's like lore. Yeah. That's good. In 20 years, uh, the, the, whatever the kid, whatever the death metal kids then are going to, they're, they're going to be talking about that. Let me download that digital <laughs> NFT guitar. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. God, God only knows what's going to be like there. It's not going to be good. But uh, <laughs> uh, I think, AJ, you're the last one to go, right? Yeah, um, I'm gonna show my age on this one. <laughs> well, I hope you old do. album, old album, Gorefest Vault. Nice. Beautiful. And new album, uh, the new Sodom. Wow. Genesis XIX. I'm gonna admit I haven't heard it, and I'm usually really excited to hear new albums by older bands. Uh, it's it's lo-fi and old school as hell. I mean, it's it's. Sodom with a few blast beats. It's great mm. stuff. I feel like a lot of those classic bands, and they know the climate right now, and they know what people want. Like people don't want those classic bands to experiment right th- right now. They want them to like go back to the classic sound. You know. Oh well, uh, Frankie Blackfire's back in the band. Okay. Wow, man. I got a guitar player from way back. Yeah, I, I gotta I gotta look that up, man. That new that new Sodom, man. That's in, that's interesting. Okay, man. So you AJ, you didn't you didn't disappoint as the as the OG of the band, man. I gotta I gotta give it to you there. <laughs> um, all right. So uh, Chevy, Ted, and AJ of Suprogenist from Kansas. We thank uh, you guys for chilling with us tonight, giving us a little background about the band, and telling us about uh, your new album, Festering and Putrid Spoilage, which you said is coming out. Uh, I'm sorry, did you say next month? Yeah, uh, sometime uh, like mid-August. We don't have an exact date yet, but yeah, yeah, that's that's fine. Our <laughs> listeners can check you out on social media and all that. Yeah, uh, Suprogenous underscore on Instagram, and then just Suprogenous on Facebook, and then I think it's just Suprogenous.bandcamp.com. Yeah, Chevy, Ted, and AJ from Suprogenous, we thank you for your time. Uh, any parting words for listeners of your music and listeners of our show? Um. Don't be a cookie cutter. <laughs> <laughs> All right, just man. Just do what you love. <laughs> yeah. Just, just do your thing. Have fun doing it. Don't take shit too seriously. You know, listen to some cool tunes. Hang out with cool people. Watch some gory ass horror movies. And lift some heavy weights. Whoa! <laughs> <laughs> we gotta drop a bomb on that one. We're doing that right after the show. Yeah. Yeah, we All actually, after every episode, we lift weights, man. It's, it's, it's our new thing. Oh, yeah. awesome. No, no, it's, we're, we're lying. We just drink. I'm not <laughs> you might be lying. Ted does in the evening, I do in the morning. Oh, I'm looking man. at a kettlebell right now. <laughs> All right, guys, we're going to be looking for that festering and putrid spoilage when it drops, man. Thank you to Suprogenous, man. We appreciate you guys. No problem. Thank Thanks. you. It's been a pleasure.
to Chevy, Ted, and AJ of the band Suprogenist for joining us this evening and giving us a little insight into their local scene uh, and the, the build-up and history to their new uh, album with their band Suprogenist. Uh, we appreciate them, man. I feel real ignorant tonight. Didn't know there was a Manhattan in their area. Yeah, I, when he first said that, I, I was I was taken aback, and then then we we figured it out. I knew it. Yeah. We I learned something it. as we yeah. usually do. Yeah, it's like Jamaica Queens, Jamaica the country. There's also the, the life is big. I, is. Uh, I I mentioned this I think uh, last episode the hard geographic truths mm. out there, right? Um, which is actually I think coming out this fall. Hard geographic truths. Uh, keep an eye out for that record. Uh, I have a hard geographic truth. Our listeners cannot walk right up. And tap us on the shoulder. Tell us how they're feeling. Talk about their emotions. Sing it. But through the advent of modern technology, they can leave us a voicemail, can't they, Tom? Yeah, Google said so. Why don't you call 631-837-3274? We're going to play a voicemail, right? Oh, yeah. I was segueing to play the voicemails. Oh, I thought you were talking about, uh, let me play one. Is there, there's one? There's one voicemail? Hi, Abby Hole. It's Andrew calling from London again. Just going to call up and say, doing a great job, up, but I'm afraid I have events. Not just one, it's a triple event. So hold on to your hats. In uh, true British style, I'm suppressing my rage here, burying my emotions. So it's going to be a calm, polite one, but I'm going to do it in reverse chronological order. So, first up, Zizma. Swarming of the Maggots is not the last good Zizma material. There's also the Above the Mind of Morbidity and the Fate of Morgana EPs. And those are both sick, gore grind, so people can check them out. So, yeah, don't write them off after Swarming of the Maggots, even though that's sick as well, but yeah, awesome band. Um, then, Canadian bands. So, you guys are asked about the best Canadian band, but nobody mentioned. Slaughter's Strapado album from uh, 1987, I think, which is one of the rawest, ugliest death rash albums ever made. It's fucking sick. Cool. And finally, Black Sabbath Born Again is not a shit album. Mm. It's got a song slagging off Sharon Osbourne, allegedly, Visual Bitch. It's got Disturbing the Priest, one of the most evil Sabbath songs ever. And it's got the Zero Hero, which you know is good enough for Chris Barnes, Zero Cannibal Corpse. It's good enough for us guys. Anyway, keep up, and uh, yeah, I'm gonna keep listening. Cheers. Thank you, Andrew. Cheers. We appreciate you calling us up from uh, the UK over there, man. Shout out to all our listeners in the UK. Are I, you okay? That I, that I like, was some some interesting audio. Andrew. I I like the fact that he called us from underneath the British Channel. It's the tube here. Inside the water. Yes. Uh, but seriously, though, I do like a few of the points that he made. Uh, the Zizma thing. <laughs> Very true. A lot of people go, oh, they put out a gore grind demo, and then they went to uh, become a rock band. It wasn't that clear and linear. And by the way, you guys know who listen to the show. As I said, I'm fresh off of the uh, Rotting Ways to Misery finished death metal book. So I'm all up on this stuff. Right. Um... Uh, I gotta. I'll take it further than our friend Andrew. Mm. I'm gonna say yeah is a sick release. I know you go to yeah. I like yeah a lot. It's I will dope. revisit it. 
I, I plan on revisiting it. I'm not sure I'm going to like it as you know the second time around more. You might not like the compass of it, if you understand what I mean. How they change direction all suddenly. Yeah, that's what I remember. Yeah. But, but the older, they do have a, a, a lot of nice earlier material. And you know what's interesting? They have like a, it's something crazy. It's like a five disc vinyl collection that you can get like, and it comes with all that stuff, like all the demos and the first EPs and I think the first album. But then there's like two additional discs of rehearsals and live stuff. Right. And I'm just like, it was already a three-disc set for, for, for vinyl, so like it's already a three-record set that's already pricey. Why do you got to throw the other two vinyls full of like rehearsal and live tracks on there? That's something I see a lot now, is like they're trying to cram an extra disc full of live stuff in there with the discography. They're getting a deal on it, man. They're getting yeah. a deal on the print. Yeah, it's just, it, like, because me, I'm like, I was thinking about it. I looked it up. I might buy it if they cut off two of the discs. You know, and drop the price a little bit. I don't need all that rehearsal stuff. Just give me the, the demo and the EPs, you know? Yeah. I don't know. But, yeah, good point about Zizma. Valid. Uh, what else do you say? Black Sabbath, Born Again, you're going to have to sell me a little bit harder. Uh, it was originally not even supposed to be a Black Sabbath album, and it just doesn't sound like a Black Sabbath. I don't, we're going to have to agree to disagree on that one. I will re-listen to it. Uh, to hear to, to try to look for the lyrics slagging uh, Sharon Osbourne allegedly, and I will um, uh, I, I will give it another listen just for you, sir. Um, there was another point about a Canadian band uh, when we were talking Slaughter Strapado, right. classic uh, death metal. One of like you know actually one of those releases that probably should be brought up in conversation alongside like Possessed Seven Churches and and. Uh, death scream bloody you know you know how we always say like everyone tries to boil it down to those two albums but there's a lot of other stuff that was bubbling up necrophagia master uh you know slaughter from canada not to be confused with the more popular commercial band slaughter definitely should be brought up in that conversation most people know the story that that chuck schuldner went up to canada and jammed with them and you know it didn't work out or you know but but yeah that's fair enough sir we do need to cover slaughter from canada more appropriately on this podcast hey guys tyler craig again um i finally got into a proper dive into the world of gore grind and i gotta thank paulo and dan olivencia for recommending uh active stenosis the record i want to recommend is his 2015 album succumb to infection my god that record freaking just rips just it is truly like paula said it was it's truly a just a love letter to gore grind and like all the sounds and all the influences and all all the good stuff that gore grind brings but just wanted to recommend that um thanks guys stay killer shout to tyler man uh thanks for the check-in interesting timing that, that we play this voicemail on this episode that is already steeped in gore grind and where we've already brought up uh, Paulo and Dan and their band Miasmatic Necrosis. Just meant to be sometimes. Yeah, man. This is a gore grinder of an episode. I gotta say, man, I... <sighs> AJ from Suprogenous stole my movie recommendation right out of my mouth. Wow. Cemetery Man. No, he's got good taste. Listen, he's got good taste. That's, that's the thing. Um... But what I was going to say before, before I got the wind knocked out of my gore grind sales, my recommendation, 
my my Will's Gore Grind recommendation of the day would have been rotting flesh, uh, submindable lymphatic muscles that that full length album they put out. Because Adam Rotella just uh, allegedly dubbed me uh, the discography that came out with all their stuff on it, man. So that's that's a hot one you might want to look into right now. Rotting flesh from Brazil, uh, sick old school Gore Grind band from the '90s getting the ill repress right now. Uh, discography that you can look out for. So um, yeah, Gore Grind all the way, man. I'm glad that our I'm glad that our listeners are enjoying the Gore Grind journey as much as I have. If you want to be heard and be made famous on the Heavy Hole, you can call in as well, as our friend Tyler Craig does so often, and yes. we appreciate it. Yes. Uh, give us a call at 631-837-3274. Ooh. Yeah, operators are standing by. No, just kidding. It's a, You leave a message. We're not going to pick up the phone, no matter what time of day. Um, but, yeah, call up. Uh, but what if you want more? What if it's not enough for you to participate? You want to you want to go on Patreon. You want to pay for that extra content. Uh, you want to you want to get a bonus episode in every once in a while by for dropping a dime. No, don't don't drop a dime on me. Drop a dime on Justin. He's doing weird stuff. Uh, get 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 the T-shirts on our website. Go to Patreon. Uh, go to uh, heavyholepodcast.com. All the links are there. You can buy a T-shirt. You can buy a patch. You can check out this illustrious Patreon connection where you get the bonus episodes for giving us more money. You could email us. You could uh, follow us on Facebook or Instagram or whatever. Facebook, there's not much to follow nowadays. I kind of gave up. They, they sucked me. People, yeah, I mean, people weren't seeing the posts. I, I had trouble posting in the first place. The mobile thing was not working. It, it was the Facebook heavy hole podcast on Facebook was a mess, and I walked away. Just like our Twitter, truly Jesus. a mess. I am having a lot of fun on the IG videos, showing off the CDs, all that sort of thing. You know. It's, it's, well, I guess you know. Yeah. We only have uh, we only have one good. Social media. Uh, Justin, you were on the phone when he said that. How many did he say? Pop quiz. Um, he said one. There you go. 